Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 149. In this episode, we look at using global suppression lists, workflows, plus solving a gotcha when trying to integrate Zoom with HubSpot. Plus, we riff about sets riff on a quarter inch drill bit. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, and features for growing your marketing and sales results. We hope you enjoy the podcast as much as HubSpot's CEO, Brian Halligan, does. Thanks for creating this podcast. It's awesome. I listen to it on the weekends and I really enjoy it. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found and with me is Craig Belly from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Oh, just great, Ian. So good to be here. You've lifted yourself up marvelously, Craig. Thank you. Putting in the big effort. So anyway, let's get on to the inbound thought of the week, Craig. Oh, listen, is this a night for me to just have a little bit of a winch? Uh, yeah, why not? So you could- Sorry, <laughs> listeners, just bear with me here. So um, I, I don't know when I missed the. I didn't get the memo on this, but apparently clients tell me now they say, oh, we're going to share that on the socials. And I'm like, when did it change from we're going to share that on social to we're going to share that on the socials, the socials? Do your clients know, say I, this? No, I missed this one. Yeah. Is that what people are saying now? Are we no, just out listeners, of touch? If you, if you have heard this before, please... Uh, Tweet us, Instagram us, direct message us. These tell the, us. These, I've got no idea. These are the important things. It's like when I had that whinge about people saying us software instead yeah, that's of right. software. It's like these are important things, folks. Anyway. Well, there you have it. And uh, guess what? Inbound is not so far away. Is that right? That's right. <laughs> then we should go to inboundcountdown.com. Hey, it's, 20, it's 2019 already. My goodness. <laughs> All right, Craig, on to our HubSpot marketing feature of the week. And this is about adding global suppression lists to all workflows. Now, quickly, why would we want to do this? Yeah, okay. So I'll tell you what it is. It's like a kill switch for workflows. Yep. In case globally, you suddenly want people to be pulled out of workflows. So it's a bit of a kill switch. And the reason why is, well, there could be a couple of reasons. One, you might accidentally import a whole bunch of people and someone triggers triggers. them to go into workflows. Oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? Okay, bang. Put them into this suppression list, which I'm going to talk about in a second, and get them out of all the workflows. There's a really interesting case that we've come across when you merge contacts. Yes. What you can have is the first contact, let's say they've already been through a workflow, and there's a new contact that comes in. When you merge them, that second one, actually automatically suddenly appears in all these workflows that the first one already went through, say, a year ago. They might be getting thank you emails. So there's a merge. We, we might go through that in a future episode, actually, that merging contacts because there's a bunch of gotchas around it. Anyway, this suppression list gets around this. So I'll explain what it is. You know, in workflows, you can in one of the settings, there's unenrollment and suppression lists. So you can create a suppression list. And what we recommend do, in fact, this is part of our our basic standard, standard standard operating procedure for setting up portals now we create a global suppression list and there's three steps first step is create a static suppression list I'll call it global suppression list static whatever then you create a smart list and the smart list initially is all it does is pull in from that static list and I'll explain why we use a smart list in a second. And then the third step is you go into all your workflows whenever you create workflows from as you're building them just by default, add this global suppression, suppression. list in the unenrollment and suppression list setting. And what that means is that at any point, if you suddenly find some contacts that somehow got enrolled or imported somehow and or merged, or merged throw them into the suppression list and they'll actually pull, pulled out of 
any of the workflows. So it's a bit of a kill switch for, for that. Now, the reason you do it as a smart list in that step two is because then you can have criteria as well. So you might, for the static one, oh, you just get contacts and you add them to the static list as in the smart list, they get suppressed. With the smart list step two, you can basically add criteria to it. So it could be anyone added in the last two days, suddenly you yes. add that in. Yeah. That works really well. And um, the other thing, of course, if you're going to merge contacts, let's say you're going to go through and do a bit of cleanup merge, just throw all those ones that you're going to merge, throw them into the suppression list first. first, do your merging, and then take them out. And so most of the time, the suppression list is empty. No one in it, yep. but it's just there as a global get-out-of-jail card. All right. And I'd like to say, finally, thank you to Tara for actually coming up with this process yeah. and saving... Tara is incredible. <laughs> she Save showed me it. this. I was like, that's fantastic. Great solution. So, Tara, well done. Well done, Tara. All right. On to the HubSpot sales feature of the week, Craig. And this is using the Zoom meeting and webinars integration within HubSpot. So, what this enables you to do is schedule a meeting directly from the HubSpot CRM. And you can put basically all the details of the Zoom meeting will get uh, filled in there. So, you can actually use that in workflows and so on to do stuff i think one of the biggest things here is obviously if you're running webinars then you can obviously do all of the work for that happens with with that in terms of uh, notifying people sending them things and so on so that's the hubspot sales feature just make it really easy for people to connect with you and so this is a great way if you don't want to make a call get them on that you can see their face works really well doesn't it excellent and now moving on to the gotcha of the week right guess what this integration is probably been the hardest integration to integrate with HubSpot. <laughs> I tell you what, I hit the, I, I had given you hit up. The on, wall, didn't I'd you? given up on this. Until, you gave up. Yeah, I think I gave up. Then I tried it again, and I kind of worked my way through it. It's never. It doesn't seem as easy as the videos show it to be. Yeah. So why is this the pro- why is there a problem? Because there is actually an app on the Zoom market Place. marketplace that actually needs to be enabled by the account administrator, right? Yeah. So this is not a HubSpot problem. This is a Zoom problem. That's right. And you kind of go, what is going on? And even the, even the messaging on the, on the screen where it tells you about it, you know what it says? It says Zoom for HubSpot cannot get the permissions, which you do not have. Please contact your IT admin or assign the permission to you and try again. What? Yeah. Somebody in Techland wrote that. Yeah, clear as mud. So, <laughs> look, I had given up on this. And so, folks, just to, just to put this in a nutshell, you've got HubSpot, you've got Zoom, you think, oh, great, I'm an admin on both. I'll just go and add, I'll just connect them. And you get these errors. So, anyway, you have to go through this convoluted right. process. So, you've actually got to go into Zoom. You've got to go to the app marketplace and then search for the app, which is called Zoom for HubSpot. And you need to click this button that says you pre-approve it to be used. When you do that, then you've got to go back into HubSpot and start the integration re-enablement. So that is the gotcha for the week. And you solved it for me. Thank you. I can now have Zoom in my meeting links and everything. All right. Now, there's a second gotcha of the week here, Craig. And this is if you're using the ads add-on within HubSpot, you will probably know that you may or may not know in Google there are now what we call responsive ads, which are used across the display network and so on. And what is happening, you will see, is that you cannot actually see 
these display ads showing. And how this manifests is that, A, you can't see the ad in where you can usually see the ads. And then all your numbers look like they're all skewed. So you kind of go, hang on, if you add all these numbers up, it kind of doesn't make sense. So I kind of went back because I was trying to show this to a client. I'm like, where is this? This doesn't make sense. Anyway, I added up all the numbers. They add up, but the totals are different, right? Because the total is actually counting the entire numbers from the ads, which, and one ad isn't showing, or one or many ads aren't showing, which happen to be this type of responsive ad. So the totals are correct. They should come match up, be very close to what you see in your Google Ads account. But if you add the numbers in HubSpot, they are not. There it is. Just remember that because I'm sure this will get fixed at some point in time. But as Google tries new stuff out and HubSpot tries to keep abreast of everything, we have these anomalies. Well, you know, I, re- I feel sorry for HubSpot here or any platform that's trying to keep up with all the other platforms there in terms of an integration. So the HubSpot ads add-on supporting Google ads and Facebook now and really good for reporting. Uh, we recommend it to all our clients. I know you do as well. Although most of it's built in. A lot of it's built in really in Pro and Enterprise now, but really good features. But yeah, how can you keep up with Google ads and Facebook ads? They are so rapidly iterating and trying new things. It's it's yeah, almost impossible task to keep that into any level of drill down detail into another tool. Yeah, you know how many changes they make on average? Three a day. Oh, really? Wow. In the last Google Partner session we attended, that's what they said in terms of updates to the ad platform. That's how many happen every day. Yeah, and um, good luck if you're on the ads beta program. None of that's coming through into HubSpot. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. All right, on to our marketing tip of the week, Craig. And this is to do with HubSpot nurturing. And this is a good blog post where it talks about nurturing killer B2B campaigns. This is not going to work on HubSpot free or starter. You need to have professional enterprise for this to work. Why is this important, Craig? Well, look, we're not going to drill into the sexual post and the examples, but just talk about at, at a high level. Workflows, I'd love to, again, we've chatted about this before. I'd love to know the telemetry on that internally, how many people are using workflows and how, in what kind of degree of detail. That's exactly right. So we love workflows and they're such a powerful piece of the platform. Yes. But yeah, I think a lot of people just do very basic stuff. So blog posts like this, I think are good to read, get ideas, think about, oh, right, that's actually nurturing. And in workflows now, there's so many things you can interact with. So yeah. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. So so I'd encourage people as a takeaway is go and actually have a look at your workflows. You can always look for ways to improve them and look for ways to make sure that things that shouldn't be happening are not going to happen. Yeah, actually, and here's here's an example, date-based workflows. Yes. Do you use them much? No, I don't. Yeah, so most people just use the standard workflows. Um, I was in a session the other day and there a campaign launching on a particular day. Perfect example of using a date-based uh, workflow. Or, sorry, a workflow that revolves around a date as opposed to, yeah, a Correct. property date. A property, yes. Date. Yeah. And the really good thing about it, if you set up one of those workflows around a date, say it's a campaign, Suddenly someone comes and goes, oh, by the way, the campaign, we're, we're pushing that back a week. Oh, you just change that date. Everything in the workflow moves around it relatively. So it's really good. Now, that's been in the product for years. I would love to know how many 
workflows based around a date there are out there. I'm sure like there'd be so few. Just got to read these kinds of posts and you've got to think about these kinds of things and, yeah, use yeah, them to advantage. Guess, and I guess the thing is don't be afraid to actually use it and try it out and test it. So one of the really key things when things don't work or go wrong, I actually show uh, clients in the history section of the workflow to yes. see what's happened. Like why has this action not taken place and kind of work your way backwards mm-hmm. to see what's wrong. You know what we should do? A whole episode on workflows. Just yes. tips and, well, there are some gotchas. I'll give you a gotcha on those workflows based around a date. Yep. You set the date. Let's say the starting date is, you know, a week from now. Yep. If you want to put something a few days before that start, you actually put it lower in the workflow. You know, you put a plus Correct, and, it, yes. and it says, oh, it starts three days before, before. the starting. Like un- intuitively, that's well, not logical. It's not intuitive. <laughs> yeah, right. And so that's, uh, that's almost a gotcha. And I've thought about, well, how would they fix that in terms of user experience? It's actually a hard problem to solve. Once you get over that, you go, oh, okay, now I understand. But um, things like that, we should go through these kinds of things because, yeah, just playing with it, you'd be stumped for a little while until you work that out. All right, another one I want to highlight is to do a blog author review and clean up. So I I haven't done this before and I I did a search for for something on our site and I thought, oh, I wonder what the search results are showing. And then I see a result from someone that used to work for us that's no longer with us. And I actually transferred a lot of the blog posts and redid them. And I'm like, oh, he's coming up in the search results. So I was like, oh, I need to clean this up. So I went searching and he's still there. So obviously there's a link to stuff that he's done. And I went, oh, I've got to clean this up. And then I found a few other dummy users in there, which I think like a default user. So I actually went through and cleaned it up and I've started going through all of our other customer portals just to make sure that we don't have people that are not blog authors in there. Oh, right. So what you're saying is this person wasn't actually the author. They were just the implementer that had pu- published it. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. And they, were, and they were still in there. So you can actually merge authors together right. or you can delete them permanently. Yeah. So. Okay. But whereas though, if they were the actual author that had written it and implemented it, you'd leave it. Even Correct. though they, they might have exactly. left. That's yeah. fine. Right. Gotcha. All right, Craig, on to our insight of the week. And we're going to talk about that in our quote of the week. You know what our shot six message is? Hang around for shot nine. (laughs) (laughs) All right, retirement of the week, Craig. Oh, this should be forced retirement. You know, the new CRM record, how they've gone from two pain to three pain. I think it's a bit daunting when you first look at it. You go, what's going on? But actually, after you have a look at it and take note of where things are, I think this is a massive improvement. Yeah, so listeners, most I think a lot of people will naturally put this on. But if you haven't yet, down in the bottom left, there'll be a little beta thing where you can switch it on. And it's basically the view of a CRM record, a contact, deal, company. And you basically go from two panes to three. And it's so much better. Because down the left, you've just got all the normal attribute uh, properties related to it. Yes. And all the other stuff. So on a contact, on the right, that's where all the other workflows they're part of, lists, you know, all these other pa- You know what this, is, what this does is stop people from having to scroll so far down the page to see what's going on. Yeah, it stops the scrolling. And this, this is also paving the way for the future with so many integrations. There's going to be all these things turning up on the right-hand pane of yes. just integration items. I think it's really – it's so much better. This was one of those changes. You know, a lot of the beta ones, they roll out and go, hmm, oh, yeah, it's okay. I guess I'll stick with it because it's the future kind yeah. of thing. This one I was like, oh, there's no way I can go back. Okay. Kind of like when they rolled out the new menu. I know yes. some people didn't like it. I liked I know, it. From I day one, I was like, wow, menu. that's good. This is another ripper. 
So, yeah, retirement of the week. Get rid of that toupee and view. All right. And on to our resource of the week, Craig. And this is where we talk about links are really important in ranking. Just a reminder, not that um, this will be news to anyone, but research and analysis of it is often hard to find in a credible form. And so this is from Stone Temple and they've done another links as a ranking factor analysis with a whole lot of statistical analysis. And uh, the summary is, yes, links are still really important. Links from other sites to your site, pointing to your site, are really important for ranking. Great content that's relevant, well presented, and is linked to. All right, Craig, on to our quote of the week. And we, I have been listening to This Is Marketing by Seth Godin. You're reading the book. Yes. And this is a quote on page 21. It says, people don't want to buy a quarter-inch drill bit. They want to feel safe and respected. Let's, Context. Let's let's riff on that, Ian. Because <laughs> you're going to pull up the page in the book where Seth says, I'm going to riff That's right. about the quarter-inch drill bit, which is one of those really famous kind of anecdotes from probably decades ago. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just read this bit, right? Mm. It says, Harvard marking professor Theodore Levitt famously said, people don't want to buy a quarter-inch drill bit. They want a quarter-inch hole. The lesson in... In that, the drill bit is merely a feature, a means to an end, but what people truly want is the hole it makes. That doesn't go nearly far enough. No one wants a hole. People want what is the shelf that will go on the wall once the drill once they drill the hole. Yeah, and so actually he builds the whole argument, doesn't he? He talks yeah, about, totally. well, it's not just the hole, it's the shelf. And the shelf on the wall allows you to be ordered and tidy. And in fact, if it's put up well, it's safe. And so by the end of it, he gets to this point. It's like, oh, my room is actually tidy. And safe. And safe. Correct. And I'm res- there's actually a respect element to it. Like, I feel good about it. Yes. That's the other thing he said. I did it myself. So Correct. there's this sense of DIY about it. Yes. Anyway, I think it's really good. Seth's extrapolated all of that to get back to our quota of the week. They don't want to buy a quarter-inch drill bit. They want to feel safe and respected. Exactly. And the, what's the takeaway from this? Think harder about your marketing messaging to people. That's right. Don't just go one step. Yeah, that's right. So what 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 is the end goal with your product or service? I would actually think hard about that. And I know you and me have been thinking about this in our businesses. And... I think it's a really key thing. Like, take that step back. Go talk to customers that have bought your product or service and ask them. Like, I remember once someone was telling me when people, like, we deal with a lot of builders, when people are buying houses, they're not really buying a house. They're actually buying a home that they can live in, right? And and they're actually buying a dream because that's many people's dream is to have their own house. It wasn't about the house. It's actually about fulfilling a dream that they've got. And when you understand that, you'll go, ah, okay. And that's what it is. Whereas if you're an investor, for example, that might not be a dream. That actually might not be a dream. My my end goal is, is it maybe cash flow positive or is it an asset that I'm building? So the the total outcome there is very different for the for, for an identical product. That's, that's actually a really good point. You know, when you talked about dreams, yes. it just triggered in this thing. I'm reading this article. It's uh, on relationships. Uh, not this article, this book. It's on relationships. We're coming up to our, what is it, 22, 23-year wedding anniversary soon. Wow, Craig. I know. Okay, getting old. And so um, 
my wife encourages me to read these books and, you know. Hello, Michelle. <laughs> Hi, Michelle. Because uh, I'm so hopeless. But anyway, I was reading in this relationship uh, book about better relationships and that great book um, by um, John Gottman, actually. I'd recommend it to any married couple, actually. Really good. Yeah, it's called The Relationship Cure. Yeah. Anyway, here's here's a lesson from it, or one of his books. I'm actually reading two of his books. That's how committed I am. (laughs) He said, unrequited dreams are at the core of every gridlocked conflict. So he's talking about marital conflict. Unrequited dreams, not expressing dreams. Yeah, right. Are at the core because someone has a dream in one, you know, dreams of a certain path and then someone's got a different one. Wow. They haven't been spoken and communicated. Yes. Anyway, that's got nothing at all to do with the show. Except when you're talking about dreams with housing, I was thinking like housing purchases and purchases and all those things. They're often quite unspoken what people feel about them. And so it's almost like... I wonder how marketing could help with that whole dream of the home. Correct. To, right. Well, I the hope this therapy cam- session has been good for <laughs> everyone. The marketing campaign campaign could be saving marriages around the world. There we go. <laughs> Buy our house, save your marriage. Man. We're saving relationships one relationship at a time. There we go. Well, listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you've got any feedback, please message us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, however you like to get to us. Even uh, you can find our numbers on our websites. Give us a call. And we'd love if you could leave us a review on the Apple. On the socials, Ian. (laughs) On the Apple podcast. Because that will greatly help us. Well, Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hubshots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.